Welcome to the J. Scott Outdoors podcast. Today we have my friend Jason Bond of Bond Trophy Outfitters on the phone. Jason, how are you doing? Good, good. How are you, Jay? Oh, good. I'm actually up in Colorado and uh, trying to stay out of the rain and the snow. It's been unbelievable. Uh, up here, I finished my Gould turkey hunts and then uh, made made my way up here. And, you know, we've had uh, multiple days here of snow on the ground. Uh, we've got, it's raining straight down right now. And I know when I was in Arizona um, coming through Flagstaff, I mean, it was just greener than I mean, unbelievably green, even for as early as it is. You know, it hasn't quite completely warmed up yet, um, but we're all just super excited about the moisture. Just curious your thoughts. Yeah, I got the same thoughts. I mean, I sat here at the house yesterday working on a on a trailer and kind of just snowing all day off and on. The popcorn snow, the, the flakes started later in the afternoon, and early in the morning it was raining. And just looking at the weather, we got a little over a half an inch yesterday. Um, yeah, it's unreal. unreal. I came up from Phoenix on Sunday and just, just, you know, from, from the transition zone of the junipers to the pines and all the way to Flagstaff, it's, it's like a golf course the whole way. Yeah, it's pretty unbelievable. Um, Jason, I've had you on the podcast before. Uh, we've had some great conversations. Um, for those that haven't heard that podcast, give a little bit of a brief background on, uh, you know, your guiding, where you live, uh, you know, kind of what you do and, and where you work and and uh, how you got into guiding and just kind of that whole, you know, 30,000-foot elevation view of what you do. Sure. Um, yeah, my name is Jason Bond and own Bond Trophy Outfitters. Uh, I've been guiding for 25 years. I, I worked uh, with Marvin James before he passed away for for 20 years and then started my own thing when I retired from the uh, Sheriff's Department here in Coconino County. So I live in Flagstaff. I spent a lot of time on the North Rim deer hunting the strip and, and both the, the Kaibab and 12Bs. Um, I do some elk hunts and antelope hunts, but I, I, I really have a passion for big mule deer and, and just love hunting big mule deer. So um, that's, that's kind of the you know, quick background on my, my story. When, when we start talking about the June 11th deadline uh, for these Arizona applications, the, the regulations are out and everybody's trying to decide uh, where they want to apply and where they want to put in. Um, I mean, can you think in your 25-year guiding career, can you think of a year that you're more excited about than this year? Um, why or why not? No, I never have. I've never seen this much moisture. I mean, I, I, like I say, I was just looking up uh, the moisture for the year that we're looking at in northern Arizona, and it's just unreal. But, um, you know, I think coming off a year like 2018 and going into the draw, you know, this time a year, a year ago, um, with just talking to people with so many points and, and, and flipping a coin whether to put in or not put in, and we knew there were going to be, a, you know, some big bucks killed you know, during the 2008 season, but the numbers just weren't there. And, and, and knowing that, heck, we just had a terrible year on moisture last year, um, and then come into, you know, over 200% of normal, or 200% of, of what our normal is for the year, uh, yeah, it's just excitement. I mean, I think there's going to be some amazing things happen in 2019. I mean, it's just, I was just, like I say, I was looking at the, the moisture for this year, um, since January 1st, we're at 
almost 15 inches of, of precipitation, and normal is seven and a half. So we're we're double what normal is. Let alone 2018 was at 5.6 inches of moisture at this time, and and we're three times that. So it, it's just going to be unbelievable. Let me play the devil's advocate here for just a second. See if you can poke holes in my in my theory here. Um, you know, coming off such a rough year last year, animal body condition probably wasn't the greatest. Antler growth wasn't the greatest. Uh, but then we did get a little bit of moisture kind of in the fall and what have you. Um, but, you know, some would say in order to have, you know, just incredible antler growth, wouldn't you think that you had to have a couple years' worth of good moisture? Or do you think we can come off of, you know, a horrible year like last year and have just phenomenal moisture and those animals all of a sudden rebound. How quickly, um, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but how quickly do you think they can bounce back and do you see any merit in the fact that it was so dry last year, even though it's wet, that maybe it won't be optimal? Or do you go with the other side of saying, no, I think 100% it's going to be, you know, good a body condition as they can have and they'll pour it all into their antlers? I, I uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't agree that it's not going to be the best. I, I think it's going to be just phenomenal. Whether it's the best year in history, I, I don't know that, but I think it's going to be completely optimal. You know, looking at October 1st of 2018, we got a ton of moisture starting then going through the end of the year. So they, they went into the winter fairly healthy. Now they went into the fall unhealthy, um, but they went into the winter healthy the does, the bucks, um, bulls, cows, everything went into the winter healthy. We we didn't get a real cold winter until kind of late January, so I, I think that feed was there. I, I don't think they struggled at all going into winter, and they've been sitting fat and happy since. Plus, you've got an extra age on these animals that didn't get harvested last year because they're 180, 185, 190 bucks that should have been 205, 210 bucks. Um, those bucks... I'm guessing, you know, you're going to take that 205-210 score that they should have been last year, put another year of age on them. They could explode from that 185 they were last year and bump it up to 220, 230. Um, I think you're going to see bucks that aren't even recognizable from 2018 to 2019 just because of the That's growth. awesome. That's awesome. We're going to dive into a bunch of the units that you like to hunt in areas and, and talk about all of that, but I got to bring something to light here because you dirty dog, you, you, you and your wife have early rifle three C tags. And if I remember right, uh, this year is when three C is actually the earth, the rifle hunt is actually the, the first hunt. It's going to go in front of the archery hunt. Uh, and you and your wife both drew in three C dirty dog. <laughs> we did. And, and I got to tell you, this is, this is the first tag for myself. Well, it's my first rifle tag uh, for elk, and everything else has been archery. Um, and, and the first time I've ever put in for a rifle tag. And, I, I, I mean, we just got nowhere near the bonus pass. I mean, I think we were at 9 or 10 points. Um, I think we got tagged 17, 18, or 18, 19, something like that. But anyway, yeah, my daughter is 10 years old. She, she got an elk tag signed over to her from my dad in December, you know, late late November, December last year, somebody had turned back in for, for Unit 10. We went out opening day and uh, and killed a nice 6x6, six six. and she filled the freezer, and we rolled into the, you know, 
right away into January, and I'm still doing over-the-counter deer hunts for for December, January, and the regs are coming out, and I'm thinking about putting in. I asked my wife, I said, what do you want to do for elk? She's been wanting an archery tag. And she says, I don't want a tag. The freezer's full. We got to, we're got we raising two pigs this year for 4-H, and I'm good without a tag. Well, I just refused to put in for a bonus point. So I did 23 South and 3A3C early rifle bull and 3A3C because it's in front of the archery hunt. <laughs> And uh, never did check the credit cards. It just it was just unbelievable. We uh, we ended up with two tags, and uh, that's that's pretty much the story of it. I, it still hasn't really even sunk in. To make it even no, better, like you just you just knew you weren't going to draw, so you didn't even check. And then all of a sudden, you know, like thirty days later, all of a sudden you're like, oh, what's this charge? And you checked, <laughs> and you both had early rifle tags. I mean, that is just unreal. It, it is completely unreal. Um, you know, one yeah, and it hasn't even in thinking any. about that thought. Um, so, sorry, Jason. In thinking about that hunt, uh, one thing I might add there is, um, you know, it's it's the first hunt, and I, I know three C pretty well. Um, my only fear for you on that hunt, just curious, your thoughts is, um, you know, typically those big big bulls uh, come off the White Mountain Apache, and sometimes it takes them a little while to come off the Apache when the cows up on 3C, up on the state side, are really, really, you know, um, in heat and in estrus. And, and the only thing I would say is potentially some of those biggest bulls that might, you know, uh, inhabit 3C during the rut, is there any fear that you have that maybe some of those biggest bulls won't be over yet, over the fence? I think, you know, I think I've got a little fear, but I don't know the unit like I know 10 and 9 and 7. Um, I, I just don't, and I, I, I mean, I, I know it a bit, but I haven't spent enough time in there to know exactly what's going to happen. Um, I think we're going to have a great hunt, and whether yeah. we see the biggest bulls that we see, you know, possibly that roll in that first week of the archery hunt now, um, I, I, I don't know. Um, I think it's yeah. going to be phenomenal, and I think we've got a chance at, at killing a bull of a lifetime. Unfortunately, she killed a 396 bull on her last tag, so I don't know what she's going to be holding out for. But <laughs> you'll be shooting. We'll you'll be shooting before she will. That that, that very well. Could. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm um, it's a for, it's gonna, a great gonna, unit. Yeah, I'm going to look for some resident bulls that might not be on the res. Um, see what I can find over there, and then and then you know we'll play that res and and see what kind of comes across or not coming across and. We'll see what happens, but I don't. Yeah, I, I, you know, I guess I don't have a whole lot. One of thing with it being, yeah, with one thing with it being um, early this year, potentially those, uh, uh, you know, elk will be feeling really well. They probably will be bugling early. I mean, my whole theory of maybe being a little fearful for you, and have, you know, when they first had that hunt, I was thinking, man, it's a, a great opportunity for the rifle hunters, the archer archery hunters, that kind of going to suck for them, but. Um, then I thought, well, potentially I've hunted that unit so much, you know, maybe those biggest bulls will kind of stay over on the res, but then you throw in a year like this where, you know, you have incredible moisture, uh, very well could just, you could just hit smack dab. I mean, I would definitely carry it out to the end. I think it's a seven day hunt. I would carry it all the way out to the end because probably the last three days will probably be, you know, phenomenal. Um, but I'm excited for you guys. Um, that's a great opportunity, and um, I'm excited to see how you guys do. 
Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll be Look over there about seven to ten days early, and that's we're going to hit it real hard then, and I think we'll get a real good idea of what what possibly could be coming over, and we'll kind cool. of play it that way. Good, good for you. Um, okay, looking forward to this application deadline. We're about 20 days out from the application deadline. Um, before we dive into the Kayabab and the Strip and, you know, all the areas where the, you know, the big giant deer live and what have you, I get a lot of questions from guys uh, that either on an archery standpoint, you know, both in August, December, and January, those time frames, but also guys just wanting uh, to talk about some of the units, uh, the other units around, you know, Prescott, around Flag, some of the other units that aren't the Kayabab, that aren't the Strip, uh, as far as, you know, mule deer hunting. And I, you know, I talk a little bit about it, um, but probably not as in-depth as I should because there's, you know, it's like comparing apples to oranges. But are there any units or any hunts that jump out at you that are not Kayabab and not strip hunts where there are some quality deer? I think so. Um, I think they're, you know, super hard hunts, and there's always, always some giant, giant bucks killed um, in in south of the Grand Canyon units. And I, I, you know, I get called on it all the time from non-residents asking me about that stuff. And and I just, I, I don't recommend guys putting in for it unless they're content going home with tag soup or you know a one sixty one seventy type buck with the chance of killing something bigger. Um, they're there, they just, you know, they rub out that velvet before the rut. I mean, they're, they're stuck in those flat cedars. Uh, it, it can be tough, um, at least the units I hunt. You know, 5B's got some great bucks, 5A, 10, uh, 18, 19, 17. Got some phenomenal bucks in those units. Eight, 8's got phenomenal bucks. Um, it, it's just a lot harder of a hunt, and expect to draw the tag a heck of a lot more, learn the unit. And I guess if you put yourself in the unit five years, you know, you're probably going to kill a buck that you would on the late hunt of the Kaibab or, or possibly see one or at least hunt one. Um, so they're there. You, yeah, Go you ahead. also focus on archery deer hunting uh, as well. Um, and what would you say your best season, you know, time frame is for archery deer hunting? You know, is it is it the velvet time in August or is it the December, January time frame? I think they both have their pros and cons. You know, the the velvet bucks, just like the just like an early October rifle tag, you can get them batcher grouped up. They're not moving. Once you find them, you can target them and put good stocks on them. Rut hunts, you got bucks coming out of the woodworks that you've never seen before, chasing does, um, but they're moving and and they're not as patternable. So there's two different types of hunts. I like the December January hunts just because I like hardhorn bucks. Um, I killed a buck for myself this past winter, uh, 183 hardhorn buck, clean four point. Um, you know, guys that call me about these, these hunts that you're talking about, like a general rifle south of the Grand Canyon tag, minus the December hunts that they throw out there every once in a while or in some good units. Um, I'm not real happy with the units that they have this, this application period for December hunts. I mean, 6B I don't think is going to produce much of of anything. I don't know that that's going to be great. But guys that call on those, I I just 
if they're archery hunters, it's a no-brainer. I tell them to put in for the North Rim hunts. If you want a good deer, come out and archery deer hunt with me. Over the counter, you're going to chase better bucks with a bow than you ever will with a rifle in a general season. And we kill great bucks on that hunt. So I would rather build my bonus points and hunt a 180-plus buck with a bow um, with the chance of killing something bigger than, than put in for a hunt and, and hunt a rifle tag just to have a rifle tag in my pocket. Yeah, and one of the things with those rifle tags is, you know, some of the, let's, let's call them the 6A, you know, the 789, the 10. I mean, there's three, four, five hundred rifle tags running around. It's a little bit of a zoo where you could, um, you know, hunt with a bow in December and January and hunt, you know, rutting deer. Um, and granted, you're hunting with a bow as opposed to a rifle, but you, you usually have a lot less people around usually have deer on their feet. Um, well, I encourage the listeners, if they have any more questions, to give you a ring and, and chat about those hunts and, and also your OTC uh, archery hunts. Um, yeah, they're, they're at, great. We, last, last year when we hunted that December-January hunt, I think we saw one vehicle in three weeks. So, I mean, it's completely, you know, where you go, you can go to the highly populated areas that everybody goes to see a ton of people or you can go somewhere else that's a little tougher to hunt and see some bigger bucks some older age class deer and not see a, a person for weeks so it, it it can be a really fun hunt let's dive into the kayabab but before we dive into the west side and east side and start talking about the rifle hunts both the early and the late uh do you have much experience or do you guide the uh, 12a uh, 450 tag archery uh, deer tag. Do you do much of that hunt? I try and what are your to, thoughts no. on that hunt? Okay. Is that uh, because know, I, it conflicts with other hunts that you have at the same time, or it, you just try, have to prioritize your time, and that's not a focus that you that you're you know a time frame that you're focusing on the kayak? It it does conflict with other stuff I do. I try to concentrate um, on the strip for that time of year. I try to take some archery hunters on the strip. Uh, obviously opens at the same time. I, I'm an outfitter that tries to, I guess, be more personal. I, I don't run hunts, you know, all over the state just to book hunts. I try to, I try to stay where, where I want to be. And if I don't have any archery strip hunters, then I want to be archery coos hunting or I want to be archery mule deer hunting over the counter. And I, I just rather stay away from the kaibab um, on that archery hunt. I love the general season kaibab hunts, you know, the early and the late. But that archery hunt. Every year there's some great bucks killed, but I, I prefer to stay away from it. I think you could do just as good on an over-the-counter tag as you can on the uh, archery kaibab. Don't you think that archery kaibab hunt is one of those that if you if you spent a ton of time running cameras and really, really dialing in and focusing on two or three bucks and, you know, knowing that a couple of your bucks are probably going to get pounded, you know, the area is going to get pounded by the other 400 and 49 of your friends don't you think it's a it is a hunt though if you were a resident potentially or i guess even a non-resident that if you could spend basically you know all summer you know every weekend or every other weekend just pounding it you could produce a good buck but you're also you know you've got the kayabab that all of a sudden these 450 people show up and you know people are everywhere um it yep. makes it pretty tough yeah, and we've ran salts up there for years, and, you know, the cameras work phenomenal in June, July, early August, and then once that hunt rolls around on that salt, you know, those bucks go nocturnal or they quit showing up. Just like when they get close to rubbing out, 
you know, rubbing that velvet off. I mean, they just stopped hitting that salt. We see it with coos deer, too. Um, but, yeah, you could run cameras all summer long on salt. Some water, I mean, this year the water's not going to be that, that rel relative up there, but um, running a spotlight at night, uh, yeah, you could target some unbelievable deer. Uh, you just got to get them killed. And, you know, if you've got the patience to sit salt from daylight till dark, if you've got the right buck coming in, that's that's a great move up there. Um, a lot of guys are just road hunting, driving down the road, and, and getting out and putting stocks off the side of the road. You know, there's some other spots. The glassing's minimal, minus minus the burn, you know, the worm fire. Um, but, yeah, I, I think it can be a good hunt. I just, me personally, I'd rather be on the strip, you know, hunting deer up there with 15 or 25 other guys um, than, than with 449 guys. Yeah. While we're talking about archery, let's go ahead and talk about the archery strip hunt. Uh, we've got, you know, obviously uh, the 13A and the 13B archery strip hunt uh, this year. Uh, the dates uh, fall August 23rd to September 12th uh, on both of those. Uh, 13A has 15 tags. 13B has 25 tags. Um, obviously, we've talked about antler growth. You think it's just going to be phenomenal. Uh you know, talk about both of those hunts, 13A and 13B, uh, anything that jumps out at you there. You know, I, I think, uh, like I've talked to a lot of guys this year on, on the application stuff, um, I, I just, guys need to not look over 13A. 13A is phenomenal. Um, it's got some just unbelievable bucks in it right now. Last year there was a lot of bucks that made it through, and it's, it's going to explode this year. Um, 13B goes on set. It's going to be great. There's going to be just just some unbelievable deer. And and on the on the strip, as far as 13A and 13B go, I mean, you know, depending on the weather. Last year on the archery hunt, we just had a ton of rain. Um, I think the day before the opener, we got four inches of rain. I think two days into the hunt, we got another three inches of rain. Uh, there were spots we couldn't get to because of because of flooding and and just marsh looking land. Um, so there's a vast variety of stuff you can do. You can you can spot and stock. You can drive roads. You can sit salt. You can sit water. Um, you know, it just depends on the year. And once you have those bucks narrowed down, especially in 13A with 15 hunters, you know, there's 14 other hunters. You just don't run into anybody. You know, and there's no need to argue about a buck. I mean, if if two guys are hunting a buck, you just go another way and hunt another buck. Um, but you know, you're going to hunt 200 inch plus deer with the chance of killing something way bigger. Yeah. So, and 13B, right. you know, the, di the difference on 13B, you just have more ground to hunt. I mean, it's just a bigger unit that has more deer country than 13A. So if you, if you ran 50% of 13A as deer country, you almost have a hundred percent of 13, 13B as deer country. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, while we're on the strip, let's just go ahead and dive into the rifle hunt uh, there on the strip. You know, with those dates, uh, the dates, I believe, 13A uh, is November 15th through the 24th, and the 13B hunt this year is November 8th through the 17th. There's right. 50 tags on A and 80 tags on B. Uh, so A is going to go second. Uh, potentially, so A has the last couple years from what I've been hearing people say is A's kind of, you know, it got a little bit pounded, you know, the bucks were, um, they, sh they shot them pretty good, 
And but now we've had a couple years, and especially with last year, with such a rough year. I mean, you add two years of age onto a lot of these bucks. Um, I mean, is there any part of you that thinks OA is going to come back with a vengeance this year? I think so. I've been telling everybody to put in for it. Um, I, I just I talk to so many guys that say I'm doing 13B or nothing, 13B or nothing. In 2017, you know, we killed a 254 official buck on the general 13A hunt, um, and there was another buck that was bigger than that. Um, that never got killed, and probably two or three other bucks that were in his caliber that didn't get killed, um, and several bucks in that 210 to 220 range that that I know didn't get killed. Now last year, um, you know, very few bucks were breaking 200 in there. There was definitely some, but not many. Um, but the, those bucks are going to explode this year. I mean, it's it's going to be a good hunt in there. I don't think a lot of those bucks came out of the park last year for some reason. Um, they stayed in there. Uh, I, I, I think 13A, you know, a guy, you know, if you, if we look at the numbers on the, on the non-residents, well, residents, I mean, you know, there's what, 35 guys with 19, 13 guys with, with, uh, 20 and then three and two with 21 and 22, <clears throat> you know, to me, it's a no brainer on a year like this, you want a tag in your pocket and, you know, if you run 13B first choice, you need to be doing 13A second choice. And and you just want that tag in your pocket, especially if you're content killing a buck over 200 inches. Now, if you're looking for that 230, 240 buck, there's going to be those in 13A, um, but 13B is going to have more of them. Yeah. Well, I'm sitting on 18, 18 as a resident, and it's like, you know, it's funny to hear you say if, if you're content with shooting a buck over 200, but if you're looking for one that's 230, 240, I'm kind of scratching my head going, yeah, I get it. But in reality, are there really guys out there that are saying, oh, I'd pass a two, 215, 220 buck for a 230, 240? I mean, I think we live some, somewhat in a dream world. You know, yes, this year is going to be phenomenal, but I mean, at some point, I can understand last year where, you know, it was droughty and rough and, you know, B was probably the only choice and A, you know, was definitely a rough hunt. But on a good year like this, I mean, arguably the dates are better in A. Uh, if you remember, like, in 2010, uh, I mean, they just slayed. I think there was, like, what was there, 15 bucks over 220 or something that were shot in and A, and my numbers could be off just a little bit, but... It was pretty close uh, to that, but yeah, it beat 13B in 2010. Yeah. So uh, let me ask you this question. On a good year like this, yes, B, you've already said B, you know, has more deer to hunt, has more bigger bucks, just in general, talking about volume, but does the do the dates play into, you know, let's say in my equation where I'm 18, I you know, I'm not going to be in the bonus round, I'm going to be in the random... You know, in I've I've been typically doing 13B, just one choice. But on a year like this, you've got the great dates in A. They'll definitely be rutting, wouldn't you agree? They'll be rutting, and you also don't have the full moon that you have on the B hunt. Right. So I mean, to to this year, put in for B A. You know, 13B first, 13A second. I mean, that's that's just a no brainer. You definitely wouldn't do A first, though, right? You would shoot right. for the moon and go for go for B first. I would. Uh, your your chances are the same, you know, first and second choice. So why not? Yeah. <clears throat> um, um, 
let's let's talk about B just a, a little bit here. You talk about it being a, a you know a bigger unit, holding more deer, higher density of deer, more you know on a good year, more two hundred inch bucks. You know, if you took the amount of two hundred inch bucks in A and the amount of two hundred inch bucks in B, B is going to outweigh it because there's just more area for them to live. Correct? Yep. Well, correct. More deer, more area, more everything. Right. So on a year like last year where antler growth was not good, I mean, you had bucks that were 220 inches that last year were, you know, in the 190s, right? I mean, they, they came down, exactly. you know, a big time. You could see those same deer with the one more year of age. My question is, how much more important is that one more year of age combined with that incredible moisture? You get what I'm saying? Like you have yeah, one think, year of age and then you have moisture, but then you have the equation of one year of age plus moisture. How much does that weigh into the fact that you're just mind blown of how big bucks are going to be? I think it's crucial. I mean, I love to see seven, eight, nine-year-old deer. Um, you know, that's that's the dilemma on the kaibab. And we'll get into the kaibab, but one of the good things they did was cut the tags. I mean, you've got you've got to get those deer that, that are going to break five years old, six years old, seven years old. Um, you know, you can have a deer pop up 60 inches in a year if if he's got the right genetics on on that deer with the, and and the right feed. Um, you could have deer go from a you know a 210 to a 280 buck. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I think it's going to be crucial. Um, you know, and we we hunted 13B on the rifle hunt last year. I usually do one hunt or the other, 13A or 13B, so I can concentrate on the one hunt because they, all the hunts overlap, you know, the three days. The 13A or 13B, whichever goes first, is going to overlap the next hunt by three days. So I, I did the 13B hunt last year. We ran hunters in there. And, you know, looking at the bucks, um, you know, 10% to, to 20% is what we saw in reduction of, the, of some of the deer that we knew. Now, there were some bucks that made it through that I know – know that we're in the 230-240 range last year, and they did make it through, and, and that was just a phenomenal buck for 2018, um, and who knows what they're going to be this year on a good year. So, you know, unfortunately, one of the things we have going against us this year is none of the statewide tags killed last year. So we've got three tags that are going to kill, you know, by, by mid-August, and then we got three new tags starting mid-August. So six bucks are going to probably die by the time any of these general hunts start start going. Um, right. and That's a good point. Be, yeah, so they'll probably be six of the top bucks in the state killed prior to anybody else getting a chance at them. Yeah, that's, that's um, a great point. But with that being said, still going to be some phenomenal bucks out there, and they're not going to kill them all. The likelihood of them killing the best, you know, the – top six bucks yeah they'll kill the six out of ten but they probably won't kill one through six i would doubt it exactly yeah yep so yeah it's jason it's, it's gonna be great i want to take uh just a second here before we dive into the kayabab i want to thank the sponsors of this podcast i want to thank gohunt.com cody nelson my friend of 20 plus years i call him the glassing guru and the Optics Authority. He is the optics manager at GoHunt.com, and he handles all of the sales for binoculars, tripods, spotting scopes, rifle scopes, anything to do with glassing, anything to do with optics. Cody handles it. 
Uh, he's a very personable guy. He knows a ton about optics. I've had him here on the podcast. If you have any optical needs at all, give Cody a call at 702-847-8747, extension 2, or you can email him directly at optics at gohunt.com. Now, he has promised me that he's going to take care of the J. Scott Outdoors listeners, and there's just about every single day, if not multiple times a day, I get messages from listeners where Cody has taken care of them and given them a, given them a great deal. So make sure to reach out to Cody. I want to thank Go Hunt for their sponsorship of this podcast. I also want to thank Go Hunt Insider uh, for having such a great Western hunting resource. When you're looking at these draw odds for Arizona and you're thinking about which units to apply for, if you're a Go Hunt Insider member, you can go on there and, and use the insider to figure out what the best odds for you to draw. And this includes all of the Western states. So go to gohunt.com forward slash J Scott. By doing that, you're going to support this podcast, uh, but also you're going to get a $50 Go Hunt Gear Shop gift card. They're going to give that to you automatically just for signing up and becoming an insider member. I highly recommend gohunt.com. I also want to thank Kuyu. That's K-U-I-U dot com, Kuyu Ultralight Hunting. Uh, Kuyu is the gear that I wear on all my hunts. Uh, if you go on my Instagram page, you'll see that I'm constantly talking about different uh, pieces of the Kuyu gear line, and I want to thank Kuyu for their sponsorship. Canyon Coolers right out of Jason's uh, hometown, right there in Flagstaff, Arizona. Uh, CanyonCoolers.com. Use the J. Scott 19 promo code. You're going to get a 10% discount on all orders. Phonescope.com, uh, use the JSCOT19 promo code to get a 10% discount. And then onxmaps.com, use the JSCOT19 promo code at onxmaps.com, and you're going to get a 20% discount. Jason, let's dive into the Kayabab. Uh, you've been hunting the Kayabab for years. Uh, before we actually start talking about the individual hunts, uh, I want you to talk about the difference between, we're going to talk about 12B as well, but let's talk specifically about 12A, the east side and the west side, and please compare the two so that people are looking at those two hunts just from a unit standpoint, you know, whether it be roads, terrain, topography, you know, densities. Talk about the east side versus the west side. So the east side um, obviously has a lot less tags. I think I think they're, what, 95 and 30 on the early hunt and late hunt this year. There's a lot less deer on the east side. Um, the winter range on the east side is is just minuscule compared to what it is on the west side, and that's why most of the deer come off the west side. Now, the east side does have some giant deer in it, and there are some giant bucks killed every year on the east side. Um, just the numbers aren't there. Um, there's the fire, you know, the Sowats fire that went through the west side, has brought so much new feed and acorns, uh, cliff roads, e everything on that west side. So those deer know that generation after generation. They just keep going down to that west side. So not that the east side is bad. Um, I still hunted. I had a hunter in there two years ago. We killed a 198 buck. Um, I haven't hunted it since. Um, most of the hunters I take are on 12A west and 12B. So the the there's basically three stages to the Kaibab. You've got the top of the plateau that's all pines, aspens, and fir trees. And then it, and both, this is both sides, but it drops off to the next bench, which is kind of that mid-range, the transition zone, which is, turns into a juniper pinion, an oak, 
type mix. Uh, the deer will hang up in there, and then they'll drop down to the winter range. And on the east side, like I say, that mid-range is probably only two miles wide, maybe three miles wide, and then it drops down to that, that winter range that those deer will go about four miles out across the bottom on that winter range. Where the west side, you've got the, a little bit more on the top, probably four, five, six miles more on the top, and then you've got a few more extra miles on the mid-range, but the winter range will run 15 miles out to the Kanab Creek, um, and you've got all the canyons in between, which you don't on the, on the east side. So that's kind of the difference. Now, size of deer, I don't know that there's, again, it's, I guess it's like talking 13A and 13B. You know, there's big deer in 12A east, but there's just more big deer in 12A west. Um, just because of the pure numbers of deer in 12A West compared to 12A East. When you look at the west side this year and you look at the late hunt, the November 22nd to the December 1st hunt dates, they dropped that to 75 tags. I believe it was at 100. Tell me what your thoughts are on that uh, tag reduction and how much better do you think the actual hunt will be with 25 less people in there? Well, I think it's going to be great. You know, I mean, you know how hunting is today. I mean, everybody takes a half a dozen people with them. So, you know, 100 tags looks like there's 600 tags in the unit. But 75 tags is going to significantly help that unit out. Um, you know, the reduction of 25 tags on the late hunt, the reduction of 50 tags on the early hunt, uh, the muzzleloader tag reductions of, I think it was 20, um, and then the doe hunts, they cut 225 doe hunts out on the juniors. Um, the, the Kaibab is going to start producing, if they, if they maintain what they're doing, the Kaibab is going to start producing some really big deer. Um, and, and the Kaibab would be a scary place. If we could get the age class at the Kaibab that the Strip has, uh, it, it would be just an unbelievable place. I mean, the extra points, the, the deep forks, j just some giant, giant bucks that would come off of there. Um, so I, I, I think the 12A West late hunt with 75 tags is just going to be just going to be awesome. And the later you can hunt, the better. Kind of like what you're saying with my elk tag. I mean, if you can hold out, it's a 10-day hunt. If you can hold out and hold out, you know, minus seeing the correct buck. Uh, if you if you can sit there till those last three four days, I mean, it's it's gonna it's gonna explode. You know, and you lose 50% of your hunters by then, maybe even 75% of your hunters. Um, it'll feel like you're out there by yourself. So it, it's going to be great. Talk, talk about the dates of the 22nd to the 1st and the actual rutting. Uh, I know you've been on that hunt a lot. I mean, the actual rutting that you get to witness, um, you know, on a year like this, good moisture. I mean, do you anticipate it just being a phenomenal hunt, you know, just tons of bucks and tons of rutting and action and just, you know, chaos? I do. I, I'm, I'm expecting that a lot. I, I you know, some of these, some of the late hunts I've seen go into like the third of December, fourth of December, maybe. Um, but that it's it's about on track to where it normally is, and usually by the mid mid of the hunt, I mean you're just seeing crazy rut activity going on. Um, it, you know, and you're going to see rut activity at the beginning of the hunt, but as the hunt goes on, it just gets better and better and better. Uh, yeah, the 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 rut isn't usually an issue on the late 12B, 12A east and west hunts you know every group let's of talk about you find, the, you're going to have bucks with them let's talk about the 12a west 
early hunt, October 25th through November 3rd. One of the things to point out there is that the, the moon is going to be completely dark uh, October 28th. So basically the three, moon, three days before the, the new moon and the three days after. So that hunt is going to be during a dark moon. How much of that does that play into your thinking of, oh, man, some whoppers are going to get shot or, or not, not as much? You know, I, I, I don't put a lot of thought into the moon because you got to, especially in my business or, or even when I draw a tag, like I, my elk tag, you know, there's a full moon going on during my elk tag. Um, you got to hunt when you can hunt, and all you can do is hunt as hard as you can. You hunt all day long. It's just like the weather. You can't control the weather. You know, if it's going to rain and snow on you nonstop, but you got to do what you got to do. But I, I do think it's that early hunt's going to be really good. That the habitat um, work they've been doing up on the Kaibab the last well two three years it has been just great. Um, they're doing so much forest thinning. They got slash piles everywhere. They're knocking uh, junipers down. They're clear cutting areas. Um, so the the habitat that they've done up there is just going to explode those deer. I mean, it's it's really helping the feed situation out on the top and, and in that transition zone where the juniper pinions are. Um, so not only is it giving us more area to hunt and, and glass and some of those little pockets that are that are getting clear cut, you know, three, three years ago, two years ago, um, there's still little hidden spots that not everybody knows about. So those, those have been really good. Last year on the early hunt, they were really good. Um, you know, and, and last year on the early hunt, it wasn't as good as 2017. Uh, 2017, we killed a 243 buck in 12B West that had summered up by Jacob Lake all summer. We killed him close to 30 miles from where he summered. Um, those deer on that 2017 hunt, there was no snow up on top of they had moved, I would say, 95% of the deer were off the top on the early hunt. Last year, by the end of the hunt, there's probably 50 to 70% of the deer that were off the top for that early hunt on 12B West and 12A West. So I, I think, you know, at least as far as the last two years go, um, the deer have been moving earlier and allowing those early hunters to hunt some of that winter range and, and a lot of that mid-range stuff. Hey, let's you bring up 12B. Um, talk about 12B. Talk about your expectations for this hunt uh, for this coming season. Well, if, you know, depending on the on the weather, um, if it stays the way it is, the feed is unbelievable in 12B right now. I mean, driving up to up to Fredonia a couple weeks ago, uh, it just looked like a rainforest out there. I mean, the feed is unbelievable across that desert country on the north end, and. If the Pontagon gets the early snow, if the Kaibab gets some early snow or freezing weather and those deer start moving, 12B early, 12B late is just, just unbelievable. Um, really like the hunt. I think there's arguably better bucks in 12B because you can throw the Pontagon in with it. Um, Southern Utah bucks, uh, plus you've got the Kaibab bucks going in there. So, so from a late hunt West, perspective, do you think the – just just from a a quality of hunt and better buck scenario, 12B late, 12A west late, which one do you, would you rather have in your pocket? Oh, 
that's a tough one. I don't know if I'd make a decision on that. I'd take either one. Um, but I think 12B West can pick up some of those southern Utah deer um, and probably have some more bigger bucks in it. Um, okay. But every year we hunt 12A West. I mean, you know, last year we killed a 206 deer on the late hunt in 12A West, uh, one of the better bucks killed. Um, you know, the deer like that, you're just not going to pass up anywhere. So, you know, 12A West, 12B West, you're going to find deer that, that you can hunt and, and get you, you're, you're content with. Now, the biggest buck I've ever killed on, on the Kaibab was in 12B West. The biggest deer we ever hit and lost was in 12A West. Um, so that, that's, uh... Wasn't it two it, years ago that you guys killed, like, a 245 or something, 250 buck on 12B? 12B West, yeah, we killed that buck on the early hunt. Um, and in the late hunt, we've killed some, some great bucks in that 220 range. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's just a phenomenal hunt. Um... You, you just never know. I mean, but you know, the Kaibab's got some deer on it that are probably going to be in that 260, 270 range this year. Um, and whether they end up in 12B or 12A when they finally, you know, move off the top, uh, that's that's the ultimate question. You know, right. where, where they end up. Uh, that 250 buck, he was a 12A West buck up on top, and, you know, we end up killing him in 12B West, you know, 30 miles from where he summered. Right. So wow. it, it's a toss-up. I, I, you know, if, if a guy wants a 12 tag, then 12B West and 12A West are probably your best choices as far as, you know, a late tag goes. Um, the early tag, like I tell guys on the 12B West, we've had years up there where you drive 20 miles just looking for a deer track. I mean, there's no migration. There's no movement. There's no feed. There's nothing that those deer are coming for. Um you know, the later the hunt goes, the more tracks you end up seeing, the more deer you end up seeing. But, you know, some years, like I say, you go out and you're seeing 100, 150 deer a day on an early hunt, and then some years you're seeing five deer on an early hunt, where the safer bet on the early hunt is 12A West because you've always got deer to hunt. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, wow. I, I'm I'm already getting excited for, uh, for deer this year, and, um, man, it's going to be a phenomenal year. Uh, anything out there, anything else you want to bring up, anything else you want to talk about as far as, you know, deer hunting, elk hunting, you know, this coming year, anything out there on your mind? I, th You know, I think we've covered it. You know, the archery hunters, you know, kind of what we touched on with the archery kayak I mean, it's just a toss-up. Now, the strip 13A and 13B are no-brainers for the archery hunt. I mean, it's... You're going to go up there and, you know, you go with somebody that knows it or you hire a, a reputable guide. Um, you're going to hunt 200-inch-plus deer with a chance of killing something way bigger. Um, and and if, you, if you want a 220 buck and somewhat have it to yourself, that archery hunt is a dang good way to go. Um, obviously not a slam dunk when you're sitting 150 yards with a bow trying to close that last distance, but um, th that archery strip is is not a bad way to go some years are harder than others um i think we talked a little bit about the amount of moisture that fell on the archery hunt on us last year in 13a um that obviously affects your cameras it affects sitting water um 
that throws a wrench into stuff a little bit, but you're still doing spot and stock, and you're you're still seeing plenty of deer um, and big deer. So just don't overlook that archery strip. Um, and if a guy's willing to wait, over-the-counter archery deer is a great way to go to hunt 170-plus type deer. Um, you know, we didn't touch on cameras a little bit. So cameras, you know, the downside of the strip is, is usually it's a very arid place and not a lot of, moisture up there and and the archery hunt and the rifle hunt can be super dry right before the hunt so if you've got those you know top end bucks on that or the strip that year in 13a or b um you're going to have a lot of competition on that deer because there's multiple cameras sitting on that deer um so that's one thing to think about if a guy really wants a 230 plus buck like we talked about you're going to have competition for that deer. If you're content with a 205, 210, 215 type deer, you might have it all to yourself because everybody else is trying to pound a 230 or 240. Yeah, good point. Um, uh, let's, let's, we didn't talk about youth uh, deer hunting at all, and I'm just curious if there's any youth hunts out there that jump out at you. Uh, you know, if you get calls for youth hunters, are there any hunts that you say, yeah, this is a pretty good hunt? Yeah, I think there's quite a few. I mean, I you know, my daughter's 10 right now, and she killed her first bull in December, so I've been flipping around these youth hunts a little bit. And, you know, I'm, I like 22, 23. Um, I think 35, 36 years ago, I killed my first buck in 22, a whitetail, um, when you could get December tags every year. Uh, but I, I like 22, 23. I like that first hunt in 33. I think it's a great opportunity hunt, lots of deer. Uh, the 21 October 4th hunt, I think, is a great hunt. And I even think the 6A and 10 hunt are great. Um, yeah. I, I like the earlier hunts better than the later hunts. Um, I've done a bunch of the 18B youth hunts in, you know, November. Uh, they can be okay, but you're going after the general hunt. Um, so I prefer You've that. have been jostled that, around, yeah. Exactly. I prefer that the kids jump on those early hunts and and you get a buck in the crosshair and you shoot it um that's it you know let the kids have fun and you get them addicted to hunting rather than hunting for yourself and looking for something big um yeah that's, that's I what i like i to think do you're right on jason it's always great having you on the podcast i want to give you a chance to let the listeners know i'll also link it up in the show notes uh, let the listeners know how they can reach you uh how they can find out more about you how they can call you etc Okay. Yeah, you can follow me on Instagram. Um, it's Bond Trophy Outfitters. It's the same on Facebook. Uh, my phone number is 928-637-8378. Uh, or you can email me at jbflagstaff at gmail.com. Um, and if you guys got any questions on, on putting in for deer, youth hunts, general hunts, kaibab, strip, let me know. Um, in the next next two weeks and and we'll get it taken care of i'll fill you in on what i what i think be some good choices for this year sounds good jason uh, god bless good luck on your elk hunts uh i look forward to doing a podcast kind of recapping how that goes and um, i'm expecting great things from you guys so uh, <laughs> thanks for coming it, on all right all right, all right. Thanks. take care take care bye bye